Raquel Suarez Green made her Broadway debut as Carlota in Phantom of the Opera. Yes, coming from the world of opera into the world of musical theater, and、uh, she's still playing the role. And I definitely also want to get into the end. Has also found a very different entrepreneurial element side that I think is important for people in the arts to develop. That I also want to talk about. Great. But、uh, we're here to chat、uh, before she has the afternoon before she has to. Sing those high notes. How are you doing? How high E's, high E's and D's. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> so、uh, I guess well, let's start with first, and then we'll kind of probably go before you know and after. But、um, sure. how did Phantom of the Opera come about for you? Especially you said you're in the opera world. Yeah. Not, so you know. I, I mean, I went to Manhattan School of Music. I did my master's in professional studies in classical voice,、um, and I had seen Phantom of the Opera in Las Vegas in 2008. And I saw, you know, everybody's like, I want to be Christine, and I want to be Carlotta more than anything because I thought she was so wonderful.、Um, so it had always kind of been my dream to play that role.、Um, so a couple of years ago, my manager, you know, wrote you me an email. You don't look like the fading grande. I know, I'm so glad. I, <laughs> opera singers come in many sizes and shapes, I guess. Yes.、Um, so、uh, yeah, and usually, you know, she's Italian, she's not blonde, but I get a wig. So.、Um, So my manager wrote me a couple years ago and said, you know, they're doing auditions for the tour. Are you interested? And I was like, yes, of course. So I auditioned twice. I didn't, you know, I went on for callbacks, but I didn't get it. And、um, I thought, all right, well, you know, maybe it's not meant to be. But then last August, they were looking for a Carlotta for Broadway, you know. And I thought, oh my yeah, god, can't get the tour. Oh、know. my god. Well, let's, you know. <laughs> and so I auditioned for it and. I got called back, and then they sent in my tape to Cameron McIntosh and Hal Prince and Andrew Lloyd Webber. You know, no big deal.、Yeah. And、um, I had to anxiously wait for three weeks, but I got you know the happy call that、um, I was going to be Carlotta for the 30th anniversary.、Right. So I did a full-on ugly cry in the street. It was very sexy. <laughs> my manager had to like literally calm me down, but it was it was so exciting. So, but it had always been my dream role. How、yeah. many actors, you know, would? Not audition after being turned down for the tour. I, I mean, guess, I think, yeah. I think that speaks a lot for you too. Yeah. You? Hey, didn't get the tour. I'm going to go audition for Broadway. Yeah. Well, the thing、you、is,、know. I'm somebody that really has never given up. And if somebody tells me I can't do something, it's like I have to prove、mm-hmm. to myself, you know, that I can do it.、Um, and you know, it just maybe they, you know, I wasn't what they were looking for for、yeah. the tour, but luckily I was for the Broadway show, and that's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So before this, since this is your Broadway debut, had you done like an eight performance a week schedule? No, for this long the、before? most I had done was six performances a week. I had done、um, Figaro nine o two one o, which played at the Duke Theater, <laughs> and it was Marriage of Figaro,、yeah. but set、um, you know in Los the Angeles. A very good title. Yes, I think that tells yes. You exactly and I, you、you're... know, I was the character who had way too much plastic surgery, <laughs> and you know, I was a mess. But、um, I had done six, but never eight. But、um, how long did that show yeah, run? Just a month. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I think. That's almost a, all the training you can get as an actor everywhere. But I don't think there's any way you can really train to do an open run. Yeah. For eight times a week. Right. Yeah. Were there things that you did to prepare yourself, or advice you got, or? Yeah, you know, I mean, I study with a wonderful teacher, Joan Later, and she works with 
I would say 90% of the people on Broadway. So I'm so lucky with her because I see her every two weeks just to check in and mm -hmm. to also work on other repertoire just to keep my voice flexible. But I mostly stay quiet during the day. I steam a lot. I keep a really healthy diet. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat meat. Um, I don't drink coffee or alcohol. So I'm like the most exciting person <laughs> to go on a date with. But um, yeah, I just have really learned that, you know, your voice is your instrument. So you've got to take care of it. And in order to sing eight shows a week, yeah. you know, you can't be going out all day and all night. And, you know, you just really got to take care of your voice. So it's just kind of like dealing with, you know, having a child that you just mm -hmm. have to kind of babysit all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are, are there any, like, I mean, I've heard about in certain shows there being, like, vocal rest clauses in contracts. Oh. Yeah. Is, I don't have that. The <laughs> yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. And, 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 and I thought the Phantom, well, I thought the Phantom himself was one role that had that, but I know James does a lot of his webcasts and stuff, yeah. so he, he yeah. must not, and he's able to keep that up. But right. I, I do know, I have heard of there being demanding shows where they're, like, you have to be quiet? Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, I choose that for myself, <laughs> but they, no, they don't care. <laughs> as long as I can sing, they're like, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And uh, have there been nights where you've gone on where you're like, oh, that wasn't, you know. I mean, I think we I all do, you yeah. know, especially on some of those two show days, you know, at the end of the week, you know, it's like show number eight on a Saturday yeah. night. And, but the thing is, you just, you know, sometimes what feels terrifying to you or you think oh no I hope nobody hears that it's more your own thing mm -hmm. than it's like other people can't really hear it you yeah. know um but yeah I would say literally steaming has saved my life <laughs> so it's like even if I'm feeling kind of you know under the weather or you know getting over cold or whatever usually steaming can can prevent a lot of gunkies on the cords have you missed yeah. any shows yeah I got yeah. really sick the third week that I got into phantom there was like this massive cold going around, and oh, I was, yeah. I could not. How hard is it phonate. to make the decision that I'm not, I, I'm not going on? Oh, it's horrendous. I mean, yeah. you feel so guilty, and you feel because I mean, it's your dream, it's what you want to do, and you fought your whole life for it, and then this stupid cold, you know, comes along yeah. and kind of takes you out for a week. Um, I'm that person on the subway, you know, when somebody's like, <laughs> <laughs> I will get up and walk away, or you know, purell myself. Um, when I yeah, was, because you can't sing high D's or E's if yeah. you're, you know, if you have laryngitis. So, yeah. yeah. And when I did act, almost like I would swear, like sixty percent of the time after opening weekend, I would come down with the most massive sickness, like without yeah. fail. Like the right. stress just all releases, and all of a sudden, boom! Yeah. I'm like, no, it's terrible. And I, and I still now, I, you know, I don't really act much, but now. Still, at the end of like major projects or something, I will find almost inevitably I get, yeah. I get sick right after the moment. Well, of the worst part is you're so like in such close proximity with the other singers that if yeah. one person has like a sinus infection, it just goes <laughs> through the entire cast, which happened about a month ago too. So <laughs> it's like a full circle, you know. And then sometimes it goes back to the person it started with. I think that's karma. <laughs> so, what was the biggest surprise or revelation for you? Uh, of your dream of working on Broadway versus actually then being in a Broadway show? Um, like any things that I had thought was yeah. going to happen that didn't happen? Yeah, or, or, or vice versa. Weren't expecting and then it was there? Or, you know. um, I mean, my biggest surprise, so, I, you know, I come from the world of opera, mm -hmm. and in opera you do three or four shows and then you're done. The <laughs> rehearsal period is like a month, you know, for four shows. Um, so the rehearsal process was so fast which I wasn't expecting, you know, um, we started rehearsals 
the 16th and then our opening of October and then our opening was on the 30th. So, you know, that was like a very... Do they get the whole cast together for that or are they pretty much just working the new people in? So I went in with Pianji and we rehearsed together and then like a couple days before you actually open, you do it with the whole cast. Um, but the first time I had really done the whole show in a row... Mm -hmm. With the orchestra, with a mic, was in front of an audience. <laughs> well, so that was that was shocking, but you know what? It worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm actually like so glad it happened because you realize you can do more and you're more prepared than you think. Mm -hmm. You know, so I thought, okay, if they trust me, then I trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a surprise. Um, also, this ain't their first rodeo. No, <laughs> no, they've actually done it before. Um, and I was glad to go in with somebody else too. You yeah. know, who hadn't, who was making his Broadway debut and came from the opera world. Um, and fandom is like such a well-oiled machine. I mean, everybody like knows exactly what they're doing. You know, it's like even backstage is choreographed, which again, in opera is like not really a thing. You know, it's kind of like ah, chaotic, and, <laughs> you know, but here, you know, as soon as I'm done my cadenza and I'm, we're done Hannibal, I walk off, I go downstairs, I go to my dressing room. And if I'm even like a couple minutes late, I run into ballerinas and, you know, so it's like very choreographed. So, but I love it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it really is a dream come true and it still continues to be. So. Is it as yeah. glamorous as all the aspiring actors out there think it is? Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> sometimes yes, yeah. sometimes no. I mean, when I'm sitting there with my steamer, and like, <laughs> you know, my Mucinex, it's maybe not as glamorous, but no, I, I mean, you know, it's your dream as an yeah. actor or a singer to be performing full time. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, you know, and you get to wear these beautiful costumes and gowns and jewelry and yeah. So for <laughs> me, it is, it's very glamorous. <laughs> we'll be right back to this interview after a brief word from our sponsors. Special thanks to our travel sponsor. Are you looking at majoring in theater for a career as a creative artist? I've created a program at the University of Providence in Montana that is designed to meet your goals. If you want to be an artist, you are an entrepreneur. And our BA in Theater and Business Arts is designed for you to learn essential business skills with classes specifically designed for theater artists. You'll also explore different artistic skills to help you develop your talents. And our productions are very student-driven, with a real focus on students creating their own work, so you know how to do that once you graduate. With a senior creative project of your choice and a business senior project of developing your own five-year business plan for your career, after graduation, you'll know exactly what your next steps are. UP also has some great programs like a four-year graduation guarantee and a student loan repayment assistance program. If you'd like to find out more, click on our sponsor link at broadwaybullet.com. Special thanks to our location sponsor. Writers need a full community of support in order to do their important work. That's where DGF steps in. The Dramatist Guild Foundation is a national charity that fuels the future of American theater by supporting playwrights, composers, lyricists, and book writers at all stages of their careers. They do this by sponsoring educational programs, providing emergency aid to writers in need, and offering a free rehearsal space where I recorded this episode. In April of this year, DGF launched its New Voices program, which brought trained teaching artists into fourth grade classrooms. These artists led the students in the collaborative creation of their own plays, which were then performed for the school by professional actors. It is crucial that young students are given proper access and training in theater 
to share their stories and learn the power of their own voices. If you'd like to help support DGF in fostering the writers of tomorrow, please visit dgf.org and be sure to follow them on Twitter at dgfound. Now, back to our interview in progress. So, what what does your downtime consist of, you know, um, I'm kind of heading into your other yeah. uh, other opportunity. What does your downtime consist of? So I um, last year started a company called My Infinite Agenda, and it's a personal vision board planner that allows people to write down their goals next to their daily schedule and to write down what they're grateful for. And, you know, that's something that I've always done my whole life and mm-hmm. believe has been a big part of my journey of getting to where I am. Um, you know, because I think if you want something or you have goals, it's important to write them down to remind yourself every day. So I started this with my best friend last year. We were lucky enough to get into anthropology as one of the stores. Um, So that is what I work on during the day so I can be quiet and I can type and write to people. And right now we're in production for our 2019 planners and stickers and, you know, it's it's fun. So that's kind of what my downtime downtime is. It's it's a good distraction, too, to, you know, focus on a business side of something and then be able to perform at night. Does it give you some freedom for other opportunities that you might not as well? It sounds like you're probably pretty flexible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very flexible. I can kind of, I can do it whenever I want. Like I even work on it when I come home sometimes, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so um, what have been the biggest challenges getting that off the ground? Um, I mean, no, I've never been in the stationary business. I didn't even know anything about it. So, you know, step one was even finding a manufacturer. You weren't like the Paris Hilton in the stationary world? Yeah, no. I was like, <laughs> where do we even start to print these? So, um, you know, we first had to get a business, like getting a name. Um, we had to get, you know, um, an EIN number. And then you have to get trademarked. And you have to, there are so many steps that you don't think about. We had to find a factory. Our factory's in China. So we had mm-hmm. to go to China. Um you know, and then you get to China, nobody speaks English, and you're, you know, it's like, there's so many challenges, but it's really also helped me in the singing world, because it mm-hmm. makes you realize, just go for it, and just, mm-hmm. like, start somewhere, and you'll figure it out as you go along, you know? So, we figured it out, <laughs> you know, we're in year two, and things are going really well, and yeah, it's been really, a really joyful part of my journey. So, now, go backing up to before Phantom of the Opera, and stuff. How how are opportunities for uh, you know a performing opera artist these days? You know, um, I think opera is changing. You know, crossover is becoming more and more of a thing. Um, it's hard because there's so many opera singers, even though you wouldn't think yeah. there would be. So that's the like opportunities aren't that great. That's still what like, all great. the music departments teach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And it's like you know you get to these auditions and there's like you know a hundred girls singing the same aria. You know, so the opportunities, I would say, are getting fewer and fewer, which is sad. And a lot of opera companies are losing their funding. So a lot of opera companies are, you know, going down the tubes, unfortunately. Um, So, you know, and I had always been more interested kind of in the crossover side anyways Mm -hmm. in musical theater. Um, So for me, Phantom was like a dream come true. You know, it's like I can sing opera in a musical. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I've always wondered, and I believe, I'm like I said, I'm not a, I wasn't a music conservatory major and, and never been a huge opera fan, but what I do know of opera is I'm always wondering why there seems to be such an artificial divide between opera and musical theater. Yeah. They are really doing the same thing. They're telling a story. Some of the, uh, you know, yeah. half, you know, more of the operas are in a foreign language, but they're still 
telling a story. Right. So what what is this boundary that says they're so different? Well, I think that like opera singers have this feeling, you know, on opera, you're not miked, you know, yeah. so there's this part of the technique where you really have to fill yeah. this 3,000 seat oh, house. Oh, I, I didn't realize. I didn't, I didn't go to yeah. operas. I thought maybe opera had succumbed to the mikings. And no, they don't. no, it's not miked. So you're okay. singing over, you know, like an 80 piece orchestra in a 3,000 seat house, house with no mic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's this element to your technique. Um, that I think some people find, you know, like I still think more musical theater training. people need to realize that just because they have a mic, they need to sing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like even in Phantom, I sing just as loud as I would, you know, if I was not mic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and the fact that it's you're singing in all these different languages and different styles. You know, Baroque would be different than a modern piece. Um, so I think, and it's also, you know, it goes back so many hundreds of years. Um, so maybe that's kind of where the "Quote unquote snobbiness yeah. comes back. It's you know tradition. I will say, yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, the mics do give a little bit more freedom for that. You know, some quietness and expression. Yeah. But it can't be all the way. I mean, so many. Like, I mean, even on Broadway now, especially with a lot of the more contemporary stuff for the yeah. booming orchestras. You know, some of the times the singers go down low that I'm like going, I can't hear yeah, them. Right. You know, and you still need to project a little bit. Right. And if the move music's booming, they can only turn those mics up so loud before it starts feeding back. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> right. And opera, like, you know, you go, I mean, you go to the Met and some of them sound like they're mic'd because it's so loud. Yeah. And you just wonder how does that kind of sound come out of a person? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's how we're trained. No mics ever. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, that's. I guess the difference in in the two yeah. worlds. Yeah, like I said, um, that, that is one thing I wasn't aware of. I knew that mics, you know, all took over and pervaded. Yeah, everything everywhere else. And I guess they just didn't even think about that. That opera didn't transition. No, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, you got this orchestra sticking out so far too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first row of people are like, you know, really far away, and so <laughs> it's 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 a different world in that sense. But you know, opera singers get. Um, critiqued all the time because they think they can't act. Yeah. You know, it's this thing of like, oh, it's just about the voice. Yeah. You know, they're not worried about the acting. So I think the musical theater world kind of looks at opera singers like, yeah. oh God, another park and bark, you know, yeah. type of situation. Yeah. Well, some of those basic skills wouldn't be too hard to teach the opera singers. Yeah. You know, that's what they did. Well, and it's becoming, you know, now a thing where, because opera is changing, <coughs> you do need to know how to act. You do need to know okay. how to do crossover. You know, you do need to have other skills. Mm -hmm. Or they're not going to hire you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, what are some of the? Where did you get your training at? So I went uh, to Manhattan School of Music. Um, that's right, that's yes, right. for my master's and then professional studies as well. Okay. But I also did a linguistics degree as my undergrad with a concentration oh. in speech pathology. Wow. Yeah, my dad yeah. wanted me to have a backup plan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was just saying it. You know, you teach theater and business arts, new program at Creative Providence. I hate the term backup plan. I understand I the concept, but I hate the backup plan to me is uh, it has this inherent like failure built in. Yeah. You know, I like to say, you know, an artist is a business. Right. And like any other business, most businesses don't turn a profit for five to seven years. Yeah. So instead of backup plan, I like to do phrases, how are you going to fund your business? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I came out of this. You know, family where nobody was a musician, so they thought, "Where the hell did she come from?" And opera, <laughs> why? Like, you know, my sister's like, "Why can't you sound like Whitney Houston?" Um, so I think, you know, for my dad, it was like such a panic of, "Oh my God, opera!" Mm. You know, how's she ever going to make money? So, um, you know, but luckily now I've proven, you know, that mm. 
With what a lot were of some of those ways early on that you funded your business? I worked you? as a personal assistant for many years, um, which actually taught me a lot about the business of singing. I worked with, you know, managers and writing contracts and all that stuff. Um, you know, having to write letters and email people and call people and organize events. So that was kind of the way that I funded yeah. myself. I was a great organizer. So like for teachers, I would organize their closets or their music rooms and they would let me have free lessons, okay. you know, and that really actually funded. Yeah. A lot of yeah. my lessons and coachings. Yeah. I, when I was here, I had a uh, hairdresser who was an aspiring, uh, music engineer. Yeah. So I got free haircuts for 11 <gasps> years by just wow. letting him pick my brain about recording techniques and stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> <Every> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard how much haircuts cost yes. in New York and oh, I realized that was a good deal. Hundreds. They can go up to hundreds. <laughs> Try getting it colored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are all these ways to approach and, you know, and, and make things happen, even if they seem so expensive or so daunting. Yeah. Well, you know, in lessons now, I mean, yeah. you know, they're very expensive and you got to, you know, if when you're a student and you're working these jobs that pay whatever, $10 an hour, you know, and then your lessons are 200 you know, it's, yeah. you got to find a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you have any friends? Have you heard of other, like, really inventive ways people have, you know, managed to of, make time yeah. and, and money for their career? Totally. I mean, a lot of my friends now, um, you know, also teach um, a lot of, like, personal coaching, um, and a lot of people are like in the mindfulness business now, meditation, mm -hmm. creating podcasts, um, doing personal assistant jobs, you know, so. Personal assistant give flexibility? Like yes. when you need, you do, okay. Yeah, when I was a personal yeah. assistant, I could do, you know, I could go to my auditions, I could leave for a month to do an opera. Um, I could take lessons, I could take coachings. I mean, it really gave me the flexibility to say, okay, I'll be here from 10 to 12, gone for three hours and I'll come back. Yeah. You know, or do stuff from home. So I think it's a great. Yeah, thing I like to do. I like listeners to know of other options besides oh. waiting tables. Oh my god! Which and is also, an option. like, you don't have to scream over loud crowds. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think <laughs> being a personal assistant is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what advice would you have creatively for actors just like coming? To break into the industry. So not new as in they've never acted before, but yeah. new as in they're they're heading out from college, whatever. What is something they haven't been told how to what they should be doing while they're here? I think take as many opportunities opportunities as you can. Coming from the opera world, it was like you only do opera. <laughs> you know, and I've done commercial work and print modeling work and musical theater work now and TV work. And I think that it's important to get yourself into many different worlds because you never know which one is something you're really passionate yeah. about. Until I started really studying musical theater, I didn't even know I really loved it that much. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it kind of came to me by accident because I did an audition and somebody said, have you ever thought about musical theater? And I thought, what? <laughs> me as an opera singer? And then, uh -huh. you know, as soon as I started getting my, like dipping my toe in that, I was like, hello, what have yeah. I, you know, what have I been waiting for this whole time? Um, so I think... Don't say no to anything, yeah. you know, just go for it. Um, even if you don't think you're ready, just do it because you never know. I got know. so many places by when somebody says, do you know how to do this? And I go, yes. Yes. And then oh the next God. 48, yeah. 72 hours, I'm like crash course in right. Google and Amazon ordering books. And totally. Or people are like, do you know this song for this audition? I'm like, absolutely. And then I just go home and I just, that's not, that's all I do for the next 24 hours, you know? So I think there's an element of you got to fake it till you make yeah. it. Um, 
I also just learn how to filter because I think when you come to New York, people will tell you so many things. And everybody pretends like they have the magic key to when you're going to like make your Broadway debut. And that's not true. Everybody has a different journey. My journey was a lot different than a lot of people in Phantom. You know, I'm, it took me a long time to get where I am. You know, don't look like it. Well, <laughs> I'm 33, but you know, it took yeah. me yeah. 33 years to make my Broadway debut. And there are people there who and you made, don't look 33. Thank you. <laughs> there are people who made their Broadway debut at age 21. Yeah. You know, where some of them had been you there since they were 18. Them. I do want to choke them. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I have literally worked six jobs and auditioned, you know, became auditioning and, became and like a really part-time job. you really want to choke them when they're so nice that they you actually can't get mad at them. Yeah, right. Well, the thing is, too, at some point you're like, am I a professional auditioner? So it does get better, you know, and you just kind of got to keep going and, and know that your chance is coming. Yeah. <laughs> I want to touch more on one concept you make because I think sure. I hear it a lot of with a lot of students who study opera. Yeah, so many operas play say you know you can't sing anything but opera. You will damage your voice. Yeah. Whatever. Is there truth to that? I mean, cause, yeah, yeah. I, I was like no. that sounded bizarre to me. That yeah. I mean, in everywhere else, we learn how to sing different ways and different things. And what is what's wrong with expanding your color palette? I mean, yeah. I have to say, for me, it actually helps. Like yeah. in my lessons, I sing. Musical theater, I sing pop, I sing country, I sing opera, I sing everything because I think it's important to keep your voice flexible. And it's not that the technique is different, it's that the quality is different, you know? And so I think, if anything, it's better for your voice, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like if you only, like, ran all the time or walked all the time, you know? It's like, that's not what your body's meant to do. It's meant to, you know, do many different things and to be flexible and, you know... If you dance, it only, you know, enhances what else you can do with your body. So I think... Have you started into the realm of, like, dance lessons and yes, stuff? Yes, I'm very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be making my dance debut, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what classes are you taking? Um, I mean, I've taken, you. you know, like, um, at Steps, at 72nd, I've uh, been taking, you know, musical theater for beginners, you know. Or, uh -huh. And I've taken tap dancing classes before. But it's just, what's hard is memorizing the steps, you know? And that's, yeah. like, my biggest nightmare when yeah, I go like, to a dance callback. I'm like, I can't remember. You know, they just go too fast. So maybe we'll get uh, Those rooms filled with true beginners, or do you feel like you're no, entering a like world? No, there are, like, girls there who I'm like, what is she doing here? She's, like, you know, they look like professionals, but I'm yeah. also a terrible dancer, so I'm probably <laughs> not the right one to judge. It cannot be as embarrassing as, because I came from a smaller town where I live, and I wanted to learn how to tap when I was a senior in high school, so I was in a tap class with a bunch of six-year-old girls. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> Took some dedication to... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Oh, no, well, listen, I mean, sometimes I wish they were, like, video... They, they videotaped our callbacks, because I think it would make for great YouTube viral videos. <laughs> So have you entered enough into this kind of musical theater world that you started spotting other, like, dream roles? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Wicked is another one yeah. that I would love to do. Um, there's so many. Mm -hmm. She Loves Me. I mean, I go to musical theater shows now and think, oh, my God, what a wonderful <laughs> You know? So, yeah, I mean, I would like to, you know, keep exploring all of this. And When you do get again, into something I, and to be fortunate in a long run and yeah. your first thing into a show that's, Long running. Longest running show on Broadway, yeah. 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 And probably will continue to run. For another hundred years, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I imagine it's way too early now, but when do you start thinking, or how do you think about, where? how do I plant seeds for the future? 
when you're doing a... I think it's, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. I think that's hard to know. Um, and I think opportunities also present themselves. Um, I think it's just important that you work on your own stuff. You know, you keep growing, keep working on other things. And, you know, yeah, I guess when those opportunities arise, that's when you'll see. <laughs> it's, it's hard to know because you're right, you know. And, yeah. and I just started with Phantom and I love it there. And, you know, to be there for a long time. Um, but, you know, there's also people who, who, you know, leave for a month and go do another show and yeah. come back. And, you know, those opportunities are there, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Should grace one of the nymph shows with your talent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know so many Broadway actors who will, yeah, they'll take, you know, that yeah. the, the time off, go do a small little right, show. Right, and then they'll come and... back and, yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's other, like, Ali Ewald, for example, our amazing Christine yeah. is going off to do a Pops concert, and, mm -hmm. you know, so those those things definitely come up during the run of a show. Yeah. <laughs> So that sounds wonderful. You got a show tonight. I do, 8 o'clock. And you've been Come talking a lot today. I here. have. I have. <laughs> so I, I don't want to. But it's to, been fun. Yes, I don't want to, like, take away from all those, you know, people's experience of, <laughs> of hearing your. No, no, it's all good. And I think, one, I mean, one of the wonderful things about Carlota, like I, I, I've said this on the show a couple times, I was a snob before going to, is, you know, how much humor and acting there is. I and mean, you've yeah. got a wonderful role that you can just. You know, ham up and... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, she's so much fun. You know, and it's... Yeah, you just get to unleash your inner Italian diva every night. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? So... <laughs> well, wish you best luck at your performance tonight. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and Thank you for having me. Yeah. Great.